We did it. Another season. It's we have completed it. I, we can lay my our blades down. We we've we've escaped the mines. We've reached our freedom. Austin puts <laughs> another gem in his infinity gauntlet of finished seasons. Stronger mm-hmm. than ever. You don't know. You don't want to know what's gonna happen when I get all the gems. Uh-oh. Y'all are fucked. Well, well, see, it's fine. It's fine because I took half of the gem this season. So until my half of the gem gets like claimed, Austin will not reach full power. Yeah, Laura and I will have to duel in front of a big beam that's shooting into the sky, opening the yeah. portal. And you, you, <laughs> risk your, the you risk your nine and a half gems. I risk my half a gem. You know, it's a very fair exchange. We're gambling here. It's only fair to do it in a Shaolin showdown as well. Something that Austin has no familiarity with, but Laura is very familiar with. Oh, I am very familiar with Shaolin showdown. At this point, I've heard the phrase Shaolin showdown more than the people who made Shaolin showdown. (laughs) The only words that I've ever heard more are Sonic the Hedgehog. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, So... I just did some basic maths, and I think roughly, as an estimate, we're about four months in the future of the the show airing, which is fun. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if we should address this, but we're doing uh, just kind of a loose uh, discussion post-mortem this time, because by the time the fall- the last episode is out and people can ask questions about the, the, you know, the season, uh, we'll have forgotten too much. But I'm leaving the door open for there still being some kind of Q&A if we don't A your Qs tonight. Uh, but we're just going to kind of, you know, freeform it, see where the spirit moves us, uh, do the, you know, there's certain questions people ask every season and we can do those. Mm. Um, and maybe this episode will actually be two postmortems. I don't know recording now, <laughs> but you in the future will be able to tell if this yeah. is, episode is made up of two different recordings or not. It it depends on like how much you need to interrogate me on, on how, how much I was flying by the skin of my teeth all season. <laughs> I love I love that uh, I love that this podcast has dramatic irony because our audience knows more about what we're talking about than we do right now. Yeah, they they often know all. They're kinds in the of future. <laughs> yeah, they're having a great time. Um, so yeah. I guess the first thing to say is, uh, do y'all have fun? I I had a lot of fun. This is a real good one. It sure. would be so awkward if there was just a long <laughs> silence, so that someone was like, "Not really." <laughs> you re- you really biffed it, Austin. Fun's a subjective thing. Who's to really say what fun is? Yeah, I love fun. They teach you in law school: never ask a question you don't already know the answer <laughs> to. And I've just failed my training. I should not have done that. Uh, oh. But Leon, at the beginning, you asked, "Did we win?" Uh, because you did not. Yeah, listen. like I, I wasn't. Yeah, I, I wasn't here for the, the entire thing. Uh, when when uh, Bill uh, left, I didn't know how much of the uh, the season was left. But that was what I wanted to do. That was the conclusion of the arc. So I just I just went for it. So did you guys? You guys, uh, did you escape the 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 bad? Uh, kind of. Uh, here's how I would summarize what happened. Um, Mm-hmm. At the start of the season, we tried to do peace talks in in away team, and it went very badly. And the season ended with, what if we tried peace talks, like, again, but with much higher stakes and much more on the line? Um, mm. An ice cream corporation tried to murder us all uh, to steal the teleportation slash time travel machine Trizzy had made. And everything ended up pretty okay. Um, Bill was in the epilogue in as insofar as Trizzy fed some frozen peas that's how I that's how it we went. also fed a, uh, uh, the distorted remains of a, a person to the duck as well Shh, don't don't worry about that look but bill is is not of a mind to worry about that yeah bill bill doesn't worry about anything except like food <laughs> food food yeah fine yeah, they saved the day, but of course the real enemy was capitalism, which is something kind of yeah. inescapable. Do, but yeah, do, it became. Do, do you ever think of the dark implications of the Dice Funk universe where every season we defeat capitalism and the next time we do another season it's back? <laughs> <laughs> like we just. It, it's, it's fucking Freddy Krueger, we can't kill this bitch. <laughs> Somehow Palpatine has returned. I mean, I will justify it in this case is that we defeated capitalism on Earth, and then explicitly, this is a story about kind of uh, what you know is called like the imperial periphery, right? Going outside of oh. the the core to where you can exploit people 
uh, with you know the the shock doctrine doing uh, disaster capitalism to undeveloped places. So I think it's a natural extension of uh, defeating capitalism. It's not like it just got back up again like the Undertaker. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, this is uh, this is this has been a fun season. It's been it's been a it's been an interesting one for me because like me and you, Austin, we talked like we talked a bit like toward the end and start of New Arcs about like roughly what are you doing, roughly what am I doing? Do you need any characters right now? Can I do these? We had a sort of general gist of where we were kind of gonna aim to meet up and we sort of worked that out as we went. But like Arc to arc, it was very strange being like, I know sort of where we're heading, but I have no idea what the fuck you're doing right now. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what, what sneaky little tricks you got up your sleeve other than you've asked for a character and I have to just ignore the fact that you've asked to use a character for this arc who hasn't come up yet. And I'm like, what you, what are you up to there? Yeah, I think I mentioned I played the long game on Ophelia because I asked during the murder investigation arc if you had any plans for her and if it was okay if I fucked her whole yeah. situation up, which I think led you to believe she was the murderer, but that wasn't the case. I was just uh, laying the groundwork for her later being a corporate stooge. That, that arc was interesting because I was like, I genuinely believe that she's involved in this, and I was like, I'm trying not to let the fact that I know that you you want her for something color that. But I do think I do think she's a vampire, though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we lately touched base now and again, as you said, but we mostly stayed out of each other's way. So I think it was pretty interesting. Um, I knew from the beginning that um, you know some of the, the villainous factions that would be in play, but the whole thing with OA team of you building up Yaoish, building up Yaoish, and then handing him over to me was very interesting. I don't know if you want to talk about that because basically you did all the legwork for the villain. And then I kind of had to take the ball into the end zone. And then at the last <laughs> second, everyone turned around on their heel and was like, actually, he's my best friend and I would die for him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, it was it was super interesting being able to like be 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 involved in like uh, beholders are like a big part of D&D that have not come up in Dice Funk really at all. And it was it was neat to be able to play around with that and to try and go cool. What? What can I do to try and create, like... I, I wanted to come up with something that wasn't just, here's a beholder that shoots lasers at you. And I sort of... My intention with it was, I was, I was like, if this ends up like being big bad of the whole season, I didn't want to put too much that like wrote you into a corner of what to do with Yaush, but I wanted to be like... There is, a, there is an event that caused Yaush to be the way they are, and to not be in line with standard behavior of a beholder and to set up some like has done these things is working towards something and to leave enough room for you to play with and i i had to be okay at the start with like any characters i set up might j austin might do whatever with and i'm gonna be okay with that i'm i'm writing a setup not necessarily writing a conclusion <laughs> Yeah, and I'm sure we'll talk more about your DMing style in, you know, the Await Team episode or, you know, the, the next recording. But f for my part, I mostly did kind of self-contained. I was specifically thinking about Star Trek, and this is the part where I think, uh, Leon, your eyes can stop glazing over. <laughs> and it's just, I was thinking about I, each arc. I was paying attention. I know. <laughs> I, I was thinking about each episode or each arc as kind of a Star Trek episode where it's like, here's the problem of the week. It doesn't necessarily ever have to come up again, but there we can introduce elements that someone else could use at a later date. And uh, that was very freeing where I could I didn't have to think about, you know, how is this going to run into Laura's stuff because it, it just didn't matter. Or at the time, it didn't matter. You, we can make it matter later. But um, how, Leon, how did you feel about uh, that? It's kind of Star Trek stuff. I tried to do that for you. You're my friend. I, I enjoy it. Be happy. Oh, oh. Oh, thank you very much. I enjoyed. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I, I liked when uh, they were they were kind of individual arcs, uh, just sort of uh, set the pacing for that kind of thing. And because uh, uh, those clowns, uh, <laughs> I wouldn't. I, I would. I wouldn't have. I'm sorry. I wouldn't have wanted them for the entire thing. But for like a one for like an episode, mm. uh, where where we're dealing with the clowns, that was fine. Uh, and yeah, if if Bon Bobby Biblioboo had been just like the guy throughout the entire thing, that would have been too much. So this this felt like very good quality of life uh, uh, decision uh, as well. So I, I approve both as a Star Trek fan and as someone who uh, enjoys all these voices. 
but uh, <laughs> but uh, I I love the variety. It's funny, Bomb Bobby Billy Boo was only in two episodes, right? In the three episode arc, he wasn't in the second episode because I think at some point he's like, "I'm gonna go look around," and you're like, "Bye, bitch!" And then he literally left. So you was it was a really concentrated shot of him. He's very popular with the the listeners, which I'm, I'm glad. You know, you want to ride the thin okay. line between uh, annoying <laughs> and like charmingly. <laughs> Um, which I think yeah. leads us to a very popular question we get every season. Favorite NPC? Uh, before you made me play him, it was Mathers. Uh, and then uh, I got <laughs> anxious because I'm like, ah, everyone's going to hate that I'm doing Mathers. Uh, so I just panicked. But Mathers is pretty dope. Oh, I'm glad you liked him. I was worried because he didn't get as much screen time as I was hoping. Because like after he was introduced in the murder arc, uh, the next home arc was in the evil universe, so he was just wasn't there. And I was like, oh man, we're missing so much Mathers. But he he got he got some screen time, so he's pretty pretty fun. I like Mathers a lot. Yeah, I look. I'm I'm a real sucker for a stupid little joke, and I really liked Emma with the ever evolving description, like character, personality, and characteristics aside. I, I just like that we never nailed down that appearance, and that brought me a lot of joy. <laughs> yeah, it was very fun to build Emma together, and also we did get some incredible fan art out of it. So uh, for that alone, the the, the, the ire fire art is going to live on in my heart. <laughs> and also she did precipitate the sickest death <laughs> when you killed someone from inside with a mom. Oh my god, yeah, yeah. Um, hmm. Oh, um, there's so many to choose from. There's Flenderzon and Henderbon, but I, I would. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you could do them in a couple no, no. if you my, want. My, my, uh, my favorite character is uh, definitely the guy that was definitely there the entire time. Oh, uh, I, I, yeah, I enjoyed him quite a bit. The yeah. whole recording came to a screeching halt as we all lost our mind over King Humongous. Holy shit, that was incredible. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. nah. Yeah, I loved it. I, Honestly, I, 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 I really, um, I really liked Dot. I thought Dot was really, was really interesting. Um, obviously, like, they were, like, a very early on character, but I really liked the sort of, like, background simmering development they had to their eventual, like, the solution of that arc was, like, I just thought that was really, really satisfying. I'm glad you think so. Dot is an interesting case where I was fully expecting her to die. Like, not that I wanted it to happen, but I was like, she's an as bad. She's an antagonist. She's doing bad things. It's totally reasonable for D&D characters to smoke her at the first opportunity. And then when she was still around, I was like, okay, now we actually have to do character development. Um, and yeah, I think it went some interesting places. The 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 solution with the blank tadpoles uh, is not something that is in D&D. Like, we all made yeah. that kind of together. Uh, although it's very funny, Baldur's Gate 3 has come out, and now I've played it, and uh, you know, <laughs> there, let's say there are plot points <laughs> that, that the game also introduces into the D&D canon. I'm not accusing anyone of stealing anything. <laughs> yeah. But, like, in, in the there's no polite way to put it, but uh, she was one of those characters where there were points where I was like, we're aiming for a redemption arc, and I don't know if it's going to be pull-offable. And then it was, mm-hmm. and I was like, hell yeah, that's great. Yeah, very fun. Um, so, yeah, I think I, I really liked my work there with the NPCs. It always feels a little weird to be, like, uh, you know, tooting my own horn. But I'm, I'm really happy with it. I think the player characters this season were all very, very good. I think it's a high bar. You know, that we've done throughout the season, people still talk about, you know, Veltari and King Badass and stuff. So when you step up to the plate, uh, you know, there's a lot of expectations. But Bill Webb is a fucking phenomenon. People love Trizzy. They love St. Cecilia. So uh, another very common question we get, what is the, your favorite moment that your character did? Uh, I ended up just liking the way a lot of the clown arc went for C. I guess that's not a moment. That's uh, multiple moments. I guess it would be in particular the uh, Looney Tunes fight that happened uh, just because it, you know, it ended in such an explosive, messy way that like as a storyteller, you're like, I don't really know where this goes, but I'm glad we, we went here because it's going to lead to something at least different than any other way I would have expected this to go. When you say Looney Tunes fight, you mean like the duck season, rabbit season thing that ended with you getting your humor shattered? 
Yeah, uh, where it was yeah. just like, all right, I'm trying to impress a clown. How are we gonna do it? <laughs> have a fight, but we're gonna we're gonna flavor this as like a prank off almost. I'm glad everyone liked the clown so much. I went out a little bit of a limb there. I think that easily could have been like too cringe. <laughs> so no, I think it was fab. Um, oh, what uh, my favorite moments for Trizzy. I really enjoyed. Um, this was a downtime scene, um, maybe between arcs two and three, and it was the it was the downtime that Trizzy spent with Wendy, working on the um, on the engine and having that sort of like bonding experience that ended up with Trizzy getting wild magicked and that sort of moment of connection. Because I think for Trizzy that was that was like the first real like. Oh hey, I I I'm feeling something in in common with someone else on this crew, and you seem fun, and I really liked that whole scene. I thought it played out really nice. Uh, for me, it is actually in the clown arc. It would have to be uh, Bill Webb <laughs> making that throw of the knife into the tricycle. <laughs> it killed a man instantly. Whichever one it was, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it was fun. Oh, I enjoyed that. Oh, I got another. Sorry, I've got one for the clown. The clown arc had some good things. Um, I really enjoyed the moment where um, Trizzy had been successfully disguised as a clown the entire like arc so far. Uh, and it's when you, Austin, turned around and pointed out that her shoes weren't squeaking. <laughs> and that making everything fall apart. And I was like, mm, I fucking love that. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> that is one of their traits. I was li- literally holding the uh, Spelljammer book where it says, like, what the clown's abilities are. And it does mention, yeah, they have uh, always squeaking shoes. So <laughs> I just decided to incorporate that. Um, I, I think yeah. the clown arc was my favorite of the arcs. That Not just, like, this season, but throughout Dice Funk. I, I don't know why. There was, like, a... A real magic to it. I don't know how to explain it, but it was a good time. Everything flowed well. I'm glad. <laughs> it does seem like it's a favorite. Um, I'm trying to think of my favorite of your characters' moments. Uh, Bill Webb uh, doing power word quack <laughs> to, <laughs> to kill Mom Bobby. Honestly, I was smiling oh, yeah. so much about that. That was hilarious. I, I I loved so much of that. All of Trizzy's downtimes, you know, building the engine and stuff, because that was where so much of uh, you know, plan isn't the right word, but it was just so much of uh, what I thought the season was going to be came off the rails was by you crushing every single role there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, look, I, it's not my fault that I got, what was it, like five crits in like three downtimes on like trying to get that engine working. You really nailed it. And then, yeah, I mean, uh, St. Cecilia, you did so many great things, but uh, at the end there, uh, you know, giving your girlfriend vampirism to save your life, extremely cool and romantic. And I did not see it coming somehow. Like, it feels like one of those things in hindsight I should have, you know, prepared for, but I just, I just didn't think of it. <laughs> then you, you pulled it. Can I ask you a question, Austin? Absolutely. I I want to know your thought process. I know there's like a, a thing where it's like asking like what would have happened if this happened is like a pointless thing because it's like mm-hmm. I, I don't know we didn't it didn't happen. Uh, but I am very curious like how your thought process worked as you prepared a situation was like oh we're gonna travel to a different universe and instead uh, because of just a couple bad rolls you're like all right now this actually has to be the worst possible universe. This is the evil universe now. And I have to navigate creating all of those identities and everything. That felt like the one time where we, we really rolled so poorly that it, it derailed everything. Beyond the fact that you also intended, I think, for us to just do a heist. And instead, we just bullied a, a wizard for a while. Yeah, that whole thing was very funny because I was really expecting the first episode of the Bon Baba B arc to be a more elaborate Ocean's Eleven heist. But like, as you said, the party was very obstinate, <laughs> very resistant to that suggestion. <laughs> so I, I ended up scrapping most of it. It ended up being pretty simple. There was like two locks or something you had to roll for. And I think Bill Webb just like crushed them and opened the opened the door. Not a big deal. Um, so that that part, I just threw out a bunch of stuff I had, I had in, in mind. But then when we went to go to the evil universe... 
so the original setup was that Bomb Bobby was going to do the It's a Wonderful World or It's a Wonderful Life plot, right? Where he shows you a bunch of different timelines where Bill Webb doesn't have uh, intelligence and like how bad things are. So it would have been more variety. So like it could have been like, uh, here's a timeline where, uh, you know, the Elephants have conquered everything. Here's a timeline where the Beholders have conquered everything. Here's a timeline where the Surlon have conquered everything. Something like that. Like that's not exactly what would have happened. But there would have been like a variety of different things to show you instead of just committing to quote unquote evil universe which is just like the worst possible everyone's a monster <laughs> there there are no uh there are no consequences for going sicko mode on on these people so i think that's the main difference it still worked out though i don't know Leon, if you want to talk about uh your kind of idea of bill webb's character arc but you made it pretty clear to me <laughs> from from early on yeah so uh there's this you know thing in uh in fiction and especially in films where you try to like condense something into a, a few acts where someone uh, wants something, but then finds out that they, they really need something else. And that's a, a completely, you know, cool and tried and true uh, kind of movie to watch. Uh, I, you know, people learn a lesson and that's great. Um, but I wanted to play a character who is dealing with a trauma and wants it to go away. And then, so, so every time, like, uh, the wizard is like, aha, uh-huh, but what did you think about, if you think about it this way, isn't, aren't the friends you made along the way, you know? But for me, it was like, no, no, I, I feel like this is, my character has a goal. I feel like the goal is, is personal and also makes sense. And I, I played it up for laughs a bit in there and said, this is like Rocky too, actually. <laughs> Uh, there a, a victory is needed, but yeah, that's what I wanted. I wanted Bill to just be like, yeah, I would like to make my life better, uh, according to what I am interested in, and then he did it, and I like that. I like how it worked out. I, I'm gonna make a weird comparison, but I thought a lot about Bill Webb's character when I was playing a game uh, maybe a month or so ago called Stray Gods, which is like a musical about like the Greek gods in the modern day, but uh, specifically one of the characters in it is. A god who lived through some pretty fucking traumatic shit and basically dies and gets reincarnated because each time around don't have to deal with the trauma for a bit. You know, a couple of decades of not having to deal with the things you've seen. And I there was a lot playing that where I was like, this is this is just Bill Webb. They just ripped off Bill Webb, stealing from Dice Funk as all media does. <laughs> I will say the season uh got me to watch Star Trek. Uh, you asked like as like a heads up All beforehand. Right. You're like, hey, this season's gonna be Star Trek inspired for the home team, and I was like, well, shit, I haven't watched any of that. Uh, so before I did anything, I, I was like, all right, I know vaguely like positions. It's like a doctor. This is like security people, stuff like that. Uh, and you list, I the, like I think security and engineer. You said were taken. I think you may have also said science officer at some point. So I was like, all right, well, what other like positions are there? And uh, communications was one. And I was like, all right, I'll do communications officer. And then the Star Trek I decided to watch uh, was Deep Space Nine, which is 100% my shit. <laughs> F- phenomenal <Yes>. show. <laughs> there yes. is no communications officer in it to take any inspiration from whatsoever. No. Uh, so I yeah. think in a, if I could go back 100% in time, I might have tried to do like a science officer like Dax or something like that. Uh, but uh, Deep Space Nine. Uh, does fucking rule and i am very glad to have watched it now i didn't finish i think i still have like a season left and then paramount plus was like all right we're gonna triple our price i said no more i was very excited like to to tell you like how little i knew about what was going on like while i was prepping stuff of the season i had no idea we were basically doing star trek voyager and that was like the reveal of the first arc that Austin did was like, ah, yes, we're trapped, we're trapped and can't go home. I didn't even know that much. Like I really went in <laughs> as little as possible. It's interesting because sometimes before a season starts, I'll say something in the discord and then later say it again and everyone will uh, be shocked. <laughs> so yeah, in the pre-production, I did say like, should we do deep space nine or Voyager? And I think a couple of people expressed mild opinions. And then I said, maybe we do kind of both where you're like, 
on a Deep Space Nine like vessel, but then it gets Voyagered. I think I said something like that. So here's here's the thing: you did that, and then you explicitly said, "Oh no, we're not doing it." The Voyager thing, <laughs> like you at one point explicitly said it wasn't Voyager, and I was like, "Oh well, Voyager's my favorite one. That's a bit disappointing." And then it was Voyager. okay. Maybe we got our wires crossed, but this yeah, this happens. This is when you're you know corralling like eight eight different yeah. ADHD nerds together <laughs> trying to get. <laughs> I mean that's stuff yeah. like that done. Yeah, it can get a little complicated but but i just meant i had a fun little surprise when it turns out ah oh, we're doing we're doing my best one we're doing boy yeah it's the, i mean the star trek stuff some of it was a little uh, on the nose i don't know i was like oh i'm just doing q i'm just doing uh mirror universe stuff i don't i was a little worried people would be like you know you didn't try hard enough but it seems like it went over well i will say that um before I brought Laura, you know, onto the the DMing side and stuff, kind of what I had planned because, uh, you know, like Skitch brought to me the four myth idea and it was like, oh, I want my character to have Mm. like a shape-shifting weapon or whatever. And I was like, okay, this is kind of like this universe's lightsaber. If a way team is going to take inspiration from star wars then maybe you have like a, a rival you know like a kylo ren who also has a shape-shifting weapon and that could be like your rival and like none of that stuff happened at all so it, even though i knew the basic shape of the dming stuff you were bringing to the table like nothing played out how i had in mind at all so we were we were surprising each, the shit out of each other constantly that's that's the thing with dm uh, dming is like you've got you don't know what you're... You, you make your own plans, and the players are going to wildly shift what that does, and the dice are going to wildly shift that, and then you've got a second DM who's also dealing with, I have a plan, but it might just go off the rails. That was a lot of... It worked it out as we went, but I think... I was surprised at how well the both pairs of arcs sort of had symmetry with what was going on in them several times. <laughs> Yeah, there was a couple of themes, and we, we explicitly acknowledged this, but there there were some, like, motifs that recurred across both sides. Uh, the idea of optics, like, both of the literal eyes that beholders have and also, like, how you're seen uh, both recurred a lot. And transformation, uh, clowns, werewolves, yep. vi- vampires, stuff like that. So, there, yeah, it wasn't planned, but it, some of it seems like it was more thought out than maybe it really was. It's... Looking back, we couldn't have made it look more planned out. It's just how it how it goes. We're on the, we're on a good vibe. Uh, another question here. I just pulled up a, a list of old questions to see some really common ones. This is a, a, a at just Gazer asks: Is there anything you wish you'd had a chance to do during the season there wasn't time for? A- any anything you were you were trying to build to that you got swerved on or didn't get a chance? Mm-hmm. I uh, I was trying to throw more knives. Actually, uh, I feel like I only got about six, uh, seven more throws <laughs> in there. I uh, would have liked would have liked a little bit more of that. Honestly, that the last roll you made to crit to bullseye a terrorist with a bomb with a knife, fucking awesome. Oh, that was so good. <laughs> Yeah, the dice were with me uh, this season. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, it all worked even out. Even after you left, whenever someone crit, I'd be like, "Oh damn, they're going Bill Webb mode." <laughs> yeah, I, so. I don't have like a favorite crit for Cecilia. My favorite crits are just all Bill Webb crits. Like every one of them is just a treasure. <laughs> like it was, it was truly just phenomenal energy. It was like, God damn, this duck is is rolling. I love this. Yeah, I mean, if if uh, Bill had, uh, you know often gotten a lot of uh, crit fails and the dice were not with me this season the character i think would have like uh ended up being perceived very differently as the, as a more like helpless duck mm-hmm. but everything just kind of like uh shook you were out such a way. badass it was like no i actually see why they made this duck <laughs> the security officer mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah any any oh my anything else anyone missed out on doing not not necessarily a thing I, I, I'm upset didn't happen, but one thing that, like, was in my head as, like, could be where Trizzy's story ends, and I'd have been, like, super okay with and kind of into, would have been Trizzy ending up having to be the ship AI. Whoa, yeah, that's cool. Like, I think there was definitely some potential room for, hey, the only way to replace the, the bad AI in the ship is to just plug Trizzy right in there. And... I'm I I'm glad that that's not where it ended. I think it's good that Trizzy had an ending that involved being around people and making choices to stay around people and connect with them willingly. But I think the version where like 
the ship AI is just Trizzy could have been fun. Yeah, that feels like a consequence for like a mixed success. Like when you and Buford rolled to like, you know, overwrite the AI, you both got, I think, like 36 or something preposterous. Yeah, so. it's if if there'd been a really bad roll there, that's that was the other ending. I was like, if the dice dictate it, that's where I will go. Yeah, interesting. Quinn? Yeah, I mean, there were, um, coming from previous seasons, definitely uh, different challenges that came up from doing sort of a, a two-team season in that, like, there was uh, a much uh, more limited amount of time to get character details out, mm. uh, which I definitely worried about. I was like, shit, have I even captured, like, St. Cecilia's story at all? Like, I, I worried throughout the whole thing. I was like, I don't think I'm getting this. I, I, you know, there, there, there's just... Uh, a different sort of uh, uh, thing there. Uh, and uh, I remember uh, recording something uh, with Dan for his character. It was just a scene between St. Cecilia and uh, uh, Beaufort to try to like get over, like hit some bullet points in case I was like, because there was no um, idea when the season would end. There was like, you would like kind of told us you're like four arcs for each team and then something. So there was always a worry that was like we got to the end of like the fourth arc and then it was like all right uh, we're gonna be and shoot a laser at a bad guy and then it's gonna be up a long time. So uh, we filmed a scene together that I think we ended up not using, but uh, I did like the idea of putting uh, something like that out there of just like ah here's where the two teams meet and mingle kind of in between things as like a, a fun little extra. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I pitched this idea where we could have a whole episode that is like a bottle episode, you know, like one of those, like the 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 uh, Citadel DLC for Mass Effect, <laughs> where it's just the characters hanging out. Mm. And I was like, let's get a scene of, you know, Buford and Cecilia and like Trizzy and Max or, you know, Wendy and Bill, just like characters who never spoke to each other and just get them hanging out. And the, I guess we just didn't get, uh, you know, the, the schedules and the timing and stuff and, you know, the plot had already moved on and then so Suddenly, Bill was a duck again, and then Wendy got her wings <laughs> cut off, and it was just like, oh, it, it just didn't happen. Um, but yeah, that was that was cool, and we did get some of that stuff. You know, Trizzy and Buford ended up spending a lot of time together, uh, and then in the final arc, you know, Max and Cecilia. So we we, we got some cross pollination, but there's there's a lot of opportunities, you know, by separating the teams that we kind of missed out on. And as you said, we didn't know for a fact what we were going to end up doing is combining the two teams for the finale arc. I think you're probably going to hear us say stuff like, yeah. I don't know what's going to happen from here. I don't know how many arcs are left, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Like, there, there there, were debates that happened about things like, uh, how, like, do we combine the teams and do a combined arc? And if so, like, do we power the weaker team up or the higher team down? And we had plans for how both of those might work. And, yeah, there was a lot of... Until we reached that point, I don't think we knew what the answer was going to be. Yeah, I was actually lob lobbying for to bring uh, away team down because Max had lost Formith and Buford had a bunch of shit confiscated. <laughs> so I was like, they they just both totally plausibly lost a bunch of their uh, utility. And I think it would totally make sense. But then it was pointed out to me, and I think this was correct, that if we really want to commit to beholders as a legitimate uh, threat, mm. uh, they simply will r raffle stomp <laughs> anyone. Yeah. Like, this this was my argument for leveling the weaker players up, was that we've established a villain that is balanced for those higher level players, and specifically we would have to do some weirdness of, like, level it, like, bringing down the power of a threat that's already been established, which would have been more tricky to to keep that feeling the right level of threat, I think. Yeah. And as we've discussed before, uh, it turned out that Yash wasn't the final villain. Um, there's all those scenes of him just being an utter shit to you as he's dying in Dot's uh, <laughs> room or whatever. And I was like, I'm really establishing that this person sucks, so you won't feel bad when you have to cave his head in. Uh, but then you just <laughs> kept talking and kept talking <laughs> until you built a rapport. And then it was too, it was too late. We had already crossed the Rubicon. It's the D&D into... curse. You, you leave a villain in a room long enough and someone will be like, that's my friend now. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, another question here from Ari Ledoux. Uh, favorite time you rolled terribly? <laughs> the clown arc? 
<laughs> I rolled like shit for a while. <laughs> I, I like looked at it. Uh, I rolled a crit to cook Wallace a hamburger, and I don't think I crit again until the fourth arc of the season. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, you got. Uh, you I think you failed the roll to resist the the spell friendship that Lisa did on you, which really changed your whole entire life. That was life. a great crit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a crit fail. <laughs> I want more yeah. uh, trolls in my life. I want more troll constellations, <laughs> making everything so much more difficult. Oh yeah, that's another thing. We'll get back to the constellations because that's a uniquely home team mechanic, and this is the home team epilogue. But yeah, w- favorite bad roll. I can't think of any, like, it's not been, this season didn't have a lot for Trizzy of, like, botch that had, like, a big old consequence. What about uh, favorite wild magics that some of those had consequences? Oh, uh, favorite wild magic, I think, has to be the um, the lightsaber mop uh <laughs> absolute yeah. obliteration <laughs> it was one of it was one yeah. of those roles where i looked at it as it happened and i went i'm going to read this out and no one is going to believe me that this was by happenstance it 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 was too perfect there's <laughs> a kind of role where i could hear austin start to smile cuz he's like gruesome fatality yes <laughs> yeah we're gonna talk about uh wendy's wild magic on the other on the other recording so i can't wait to hear all of the extremes on that wild magic table you did but uh Triz- trizzy had some oh, good ones you 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 wait to find out about one in a hundred they uh all oh, they they would have been something um but yes yeah, <laughs> uh, as far as the bad rolls one that sticks out to me was during the clown arc which <laughs> take a drink every time you mention clown arc uh <laughs> there was a fight i really thought was supposed to be easily winnable where you just fought two random guards and you just kept missing uh bill miss trizzy miss bill miss trizzy miss like was this this the one in the circus tent no, this is uh, um, the, this no. is what got you captured and brought to the tent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was like all that you needed to do is hit one more time, and you would have knocked that guard out. And it was just like three or four misses in a row, and then I think they create yeah. you, and then yeah, I just like they take you cap- captive and drag you over to the tent, uh, and that was just really unexpected. That was was that uh, influenced at all by the troll? Austin, can we talk about the troll? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. What, what, the, what do you think about the constellations? This is a mechanic I came up with. I try to throw a little, you know, wrench in there every once in a while. Things like, you know, conduits from those earlier seasons or, you know, the the, the body parts that you got in last season, stuff like that. What do you think about these? Was this fun? I really liked them, despite my refusal to make them a part of the other half of the season. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they could have been out there. It's just like right now, you know, the... the oh, yeah, I was just like, that's that's one extra thing for me to think about. I'm, I'm, I'm not adding more to my workload. But I thought they were very good. I love them. I mean, like, I know... Uh... From, like, a normal person's perspective, you're like, oh, man, so many of these hurt. Uh, but my mind, I love, like, extra challenges thrown in there. And they weren't all bad. Like, they eventually got disgustingly good. Like, I think by the end, I was, like, uh, I had, like, a plus 18 on a lot of my skill checks uh, because of, like, the tadpole. Uh, but I, I just love uh, stuff that makes things more chaotic. And I thought, like, the first two really uh, embodied that so well. The troll and the, I think, the rust monster was the one that made all of our acs go down when we got hit yeah it's it, it's the same reason i i enjoy playing characters like liam moira in what was it season five maybe i like i like when it's just like here is a thing that's just gonna make this art get progressively worse as we go it's like yes make me suffer just a little I, that actually brings up an, a, a thought like how did you all feel about your characters in like a, a like a build thought process to the to the role playing aspect like how how did, how did you feel about like your actual characters numbers and stuff and and how it helped you or fought against you telling a story i think mine worked out quite well in that i was very good at one very specific thing which was doing intelligence roles to make an engine for a ship and everything else I was terrible at. And I think the dice worked well with I'm good at the thing I'm meant to be good at and everything else is a real gamble. And I think that worked out all right. It was a terror 
every time Trissy had to roll uh, some kind of charisma check. Oh, because that yeah. was like a part you you created into the character. Like she she's not like a people person. Uh, and it's, I think, such a fun thing to sit there and be like, my character says something, and it's like, alright, now roll. It's like, yeah, fuck. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Yeah, charisma is one of my favorite stats to play very high or very low. There is no fun to be found in middle of the road in charisma in this game. (laughs) You either want to be suave as fuck and everyone loves you, or you just want to be like, I'm going to say something really smart, roll the dice, and then be like, oops, I accidentally I accidentally insulted someone without realizing mid-sentence. Woo! I, I had realized, uh, or I guess it, it was intentional from the beginning, like, I, I couldn't think of, like, a character class for, like, a communications officer. I thought eventually, like, Bard, but I was like, I feel like there's a Bard every season. So I was like, let me try something a little different. Yeah, because they're the best. They are. Uh, But I was also trying not to uh, uh, just play into something I think I've done too many times. Uh, So I went with Rogue, and then I built one of, uh, like, the worst rogues ever. It was a rogue who was bad (laughs) at sneaking, who eventually uh, couldn't pick locks, (laughs) who didn't do great damage in combat... (laughs) It was it was really I mean, against the grain look, in a lot of ways. You were a you were a better rogue than um Cortazar was whatever Cortazar <laughs> is. <laughs> a champion? A, a beautiful boy <laughs> whom I love. Uh that's very funny. Uh Leon, what did you think about being a ranger? What did I think about being a ranger? I liked uh that it mostly just felt like being a fighter. Uh, and, <laughs> because I didn't want to learn the the, the magic. Uh, I know it's not that complicated. I know it's not at all. But I, I got to tell you, I'm playing Baldur's Gate uh, 3 right now, and when I cast a spell, I'm like, why can't I do that again? Because I literally have to learn the rules now. Uh, I, have to le- I have to learn how spells work uh, <laughs> in it's, D&D now. It's actually, this is active punishment. Austin designed this game as a way to trick you into learning the magic system in D&D. <laughs> No, no, never gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, Austin. Those millions are gonna no, go to waste. Fine. No, it's actually it's actually funny. My character said like uh, she. Never mind. Uh, no, I don't want to talk. Keep talking about the video game. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll. That'll be a thing. No, we should talk about Baldur's Gate a little bit because it, it actually weirdly the timing worked out. They released a game about mind flayers while I was doing a season about mind flayers. It's not like the most shocking thing. They are iconic, but literally in the first episode of the show, I when I reiterated like, oh, the you know the, the main thrust of the season is the Illithids trying to become part of society. You, I can hear you in the background googling what is mind flayer. Yeah, <laughs> right. It, yeah, it, it literally went from. We might have to explain what a mind flare is because that might not be common knowledge to, oh yeah, the, the probably the biggest video game of the year is about them, don't worry. So now you're an expert in mind flares, right, Leon? Yeah, they are tadpoles and then they go in you and if you uh you and then you become one. Uh that that's and that's the ball game. Uh I'm I'm uh Apparently, it's different in, in the game. There's some sort of weird circumstances, but don't spoil it because I'm only like level two uh, cleric <laughs> in there uh, right now. But uh, having fun with that uh, as well. Yeah, it's a. I mean, it's a great video game. I would love to talk about it. Honestly, we could do more <laughs> postmortem. But um, is there any other uh, questions you all uh, have for each other, or any, anything like that? Like, what do you what do you think about your character interactions? I guess I'll just set the scene here, which is one of my biggest frustrations with you know some seasons of this show and other D and D or other tabletop podcasts I've listened to is when people have a really great uh, sense of their own character, but they, they don't they don't really interact with each other's character. Mm. If that makes sense, it's like I want to know what each player character thinks about every other player character i want to be able to describe that relationship uh so i I, i'm curious how you all felt about your like your your interactions i liked the idea i think that was broached like at the take a drink at the end of the clown arc uh where our (laughs) characters were just collectively cleaning up the mess and we kind of uh, had a conversation that sort of established, like, yeah, we're work pals. Like, we, we at this point, we're the home team. We work together. But, like, there is, like, a, a mutual respect that, you know, hey, after this, let's go to Andre's and get a drink or something like that. Uh, and I kind of like that. Um, there was sort of, like, a, a unique flavor to, like, the work friends kind of angle. Yeah. 
And I think the work friends angle is a hard one to get right to not have it just feel like these people don't care about each other's presence. Like, I think we walked that line of, these people do not dislike each other's company. There are things they enjoy about time together, even if that is, like, they probably wouldn't have chosen each other. Um, for me specifically, I I really liked the ways that, that Bill Webb and Trizzy sort of interacted early on and how that sort of fit into the later arcs as Trizzy's journey goes on, because Bill Webb was a, like, I am direct, I am here to do the job, um, I will... Communication doesn't have to be more, more in-depth than that if you don't want it to be, and I think that was a very good first um, person for Trizzy to be interacting with and spending time with, because there wasn't a like, oh no, I have to, I have to know more about social things. I can just be like, now nah, we're doing the job. That's what we do. That I think helped Trizzy get where she ended up. I want to continue the Bill Webb love, which is to say, like, uh, I would not have made the decision I made for Cecilia if, if not for uh, Bill Webb. Uh, so. When Bill Webb decided to uh, not become like stay human and go back to being a duck, uh, the crisis for Cecilia at that point was whether or not to take this blank tadpole and become an illithid. And it was after the, the the whole arc that I was like, after seeing what Bill Webb's done, she can't take this tadpole. Like she's she she just saw somebody who specifically chose to stay the way that they believe they are, and. Mm -hmm. They're not wrong. So, like, in my mind, I was like, there's no right. way St. Cecilia can take this tadpole because she she doesn't see that she has any need to change. So I was okay. very firmly motivated by that character decision. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I think Bill was better at uh, interacting with the environment. Uh, but that was just, uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I just played him as, like, a, a bit morose. So that that probably had something to do with that. And also, he's a cop. He's not, like, going to be cool. Uh, so, <laughs> I, I, I went, my, my, uh, how I decided to interact with people was, like, trying to think of, like, all right, what, what was, what did someone who's just, like, a little bit of a prick would say? And, uh, <laughs> but, like, like, it's yeah. very difficult. We've had characters on the show before who tried to do that and were d d too far, d too far on the other side of the line. And we're just uh, unpleasant. Yeah. So I went with, yeah, I went with the alignment true neutral for that yeah. reason. He's like, he's not, he's not going to like actively try to sabotage the team, but he's like, okay, look, I have a badge. You, you landed in the correct place on that line where I think Trizzy's response was like, you'll, I can tell you kind of don't like me, but that just makes me like you more. You'll, you, you you don't mean it. You're great. You're fine. <laughs> oh, Jersey. Oh no, that's not good. Um, is you brought up that that scene where everyone was cleaning up after the clown party, and it reminded me that was one of the longest uh, setup and punchlines in the show. Was during that cleanup, uh, Bill Webb found some of the bozo flower, just like uh, some seeds and stems, and then literally in the the finale, the final boss used that uh, to to get clown powers. So I don't know if anyone else caught that. That's where that came from. Is uh, after yeah. Bill Webb picked up that stuff, <laughs> it was like thirty episodes oh. later. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Um, I, I will say one more thing uh, about Bill uh, being a cop. Uh, he's not a cop anymore because uh, he couldn't possibly comprehend it. Uh, so Bill uh, did, did the only thing that uh, a cop should do, and that is stop being a cop. The only good cop is a duckling. Yeah. <laughs> we have to, yeah, we've touched on cops in a number of seasons. You can tell where our politics are on that, but. You know, I like that that we finally had uh, the quote-unquote good cop, <laughs> which is you should stop. So Absolutely. Um, we touched a little bit on the decision not to seromorphosis with Cecilia. I want to wrap back around to that because, um, you know, when I said the, what the premise of the season was, that they're on this illithid peace mission, part of the reason I made Wendy a mind flayer is because no one else was one. And I was, yeah, I don't know, maybe a little too focused, arguably, on uh, you know getting that perspective. I didn't want it to seem like it was a bunch of Earth people dictating someone else's whole shit to them. That would have felt, you know, bad. Mm. So I was... Uh, 
on team, please, uh, St. Cecilia become a squid. <laughs> um, I don't know how you feel about that. I mean, I, I really liked how Cecilia's story went down. So I'm not, I don't even say I would, I would change it. I'm just curious if you have any other insight into that uh, choice and then, you know, how that all played out. Because I think both would have been really cool. Yeah, I mean, so I had an idea for what was going to happen if St. Cecilia took it. Um I, I think I intentionally created like a vampire character because I was like, all right, I want to play into this Illithid mission, but I don't want to. I, I think I was too worried you would say no to playing an Illithid. Uh, I think because I, I broached the idea in a, a way previous season, you were like, uh, I don't know how to balance that. <laughs> so in my mind, I was like, all right, I can't play an Illithid, but I'll play something similar. Like the whole concept being like, oh, I need to eat brains. Like what's something else i can have like ah character who's uh drawn to blood and we've already kind of established like that's not a, a challenge in a dice funk universe something synthetic can be made so like all right here's here's somewhat of a a, a parallel example um but with the the actual tadpole the thought process is like all right this is like a big decision to have to make uh primarily because one of the things it would do would kind of create a new brain uh that wouldn't have saint cecilia's same like conditions you wouldn't be as adhd or anything like that and i at first and foremost have so much trouble comprehending even what that would be <laughs> someone with adhd i'm like what would it be like to have a normal brain <laughs> um but i basically thought all right if she takes this um she's going to suddenly shoot up in levels i was going to redesign the whole character sheet and she was going to be a paladin uh and it would be like oh because she'd suddenly remember all these old skills she's she's forgotten and like saint cecilia is actually like a name gained mm. from back when she was like a holy crusader of some kind <laughs> or something like that it was gonna be real out there uh but then uh because i have a bad brain i was like oh and also because now she remembers everything she's haunted by all the grief of the constant like uh millennia she's lived without friends uh so she's just gonna be constantly crying i think that's something you eventually added to yaush uh but i was like yeah she'll just uh, be crying nonstop, basically uh, and i worried i wasn't gonna be able to make that very fun i was probably gonna have to redesign a couple things but uh, after the the bill webb decision i was like nah i think it's the right decision that she stays this way oh yeah i forgot about that i asked permission can i have yaush constantly be like weeping blood as he's dying <laughs> which is like an idea you had um but yeah if if uh trizzy had a possible end where she became the ship's ai and you had a possible end where you became a squid uh did was there any other possible ending for bill webb on the table was it just like turn me back into a duck or i'm rage quitting your stupid show austin <laughs> no absolutely not <laughs> no uh, if, if bill if bill were put in a position where it was like okay you're like this forever uh, Bill would ride it out uh, for the rest of the quest and then uh, fly off into the sun or something. Uh, something, something. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Wait, into the sunset as in leave no, or into no, the sun? No, no, uh, <laughs> Bill can't handle living this way. Uh, so this was this was the correct way to go. <laughs> That's so dark. I wouldn't have. Done, by the way, I I would not have done that on. By the way, I'm not saying I was planning on doing that on, in the show. That's not. What I'm going to say at all. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying that um, the plan was always for Bill to do that. If, like, at the end of the season, if he was still uh, a duck with human intelligence, he would be like, I don't want to be a cop anymore. I don't want to do anything anymore. I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do with the rest of my life and then fly off into space. Um, yeah, basically, I, 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 I didn't really plan ahead for something like that. Yeah. Uh, a question we often get is about the cast changing. So I will say, uh, you know, Laura's been here rock solid since season three. You know, <laughs> we can always count on you. But uh, this was a return for both <laughs> Quinn and, and Leon. Uh, how did that feel? And yeah. how is it going to feel to uh, ride off into the sunset, <laughs> Leon, and not have to worry about this shit anymore? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, glad I did it one more time. This is, uh, this is the last season of Dice Funk for me, uh, in case uh, anyone listening to this is expecting me back next season. That's not going to be it. I really enjoy uh, playing D&D uh, and, and hanging out, but something about, uh, something about uh, 
doing it with for an audience is just like stressful for me in a little way and i don't think i can do it anymore uh this but i'm glad i did this it was fun uh i hope everyone enjoyed my death <laughs> it is a very different experience when you know there are people listening and that mm. it's not just D with the people you're doing D with it's D that has to be a consumable product yeah you characterizing it as a little stressful, I think, is underselling it. It's giving me an anxiety <laughs> disorder. <laughs> so, oh god, yeah. <laughs> no, but it, I mean, I really am am so grateful that I get to do it. But uh, you know, it, it's difficult in a different way than, say, digging ditches. <laughs> is what I what I often say. Um, but yeah, thank you very much, Leon, for coming back. And we we loved having you. Yeah, no problem. Uh, yeah, it was fun, Quinn. Did you, did, should I have edited in, uh, like, entrance music, like, wrestling when you returned, or? No, I mean, some of the best pops uh, really come from uh, no no musical fanfare, just the person showing up in the ring. So that's, that's kind of the angle I wanted to go with. Uh, and then, you know, then the next time I actually have my first match, then, yeah, that's where you play uh, Sonic the Hedgehog Escape from the <laughs> City or whatever, <laughs> whatever my theme song is. Um, it was, it was very fun to be back. Uh, I, uh, I got right back into the rhythm of constantly stressing about every decision I make, uh, and, uh, panic, but, uh, the, one of the most blessed parts of all this is the fact that I don't know what anyone said, uh, because we are so far in the future of everything. Uh, one of the great, oh, yeah. greatest panics was like the immediate feedback of everything we yes. would record it would be edited it would be out that weekend uh i went through this entire season having almost no idea what happened like it, it yeah. is it is it's hard to stress how much of like in advance this season was i think by the time listeners had started hearing the clown arc we were done with like the different teams and we had like merged them together. Like there was a huge gap between what the audience heard and what we had already done. So there was no time to like panic about decisions or anything like that. It was very, uh, I guess, creatively liberating. Just be like, I'm going to put this out there. And if people like it, awesome. If they don't, so be it, you know? Yeah, it's I agree. It's been it's been nice that aspect this season. I've had seasons where like. It's it's specifically the fact that in some past seasons, an episode will have aired before we record the very next episode, meaning that it can be hard not to take on board feedback and instantly apply it. Um, like literally before the story continues, you already know how the last chapter was consumed, and it's been definitely like for this being my first season where I co-DM'd. It was really liberating to have no fucking clue what people thought of my DMing. <laughs> like, um, particularly because of the fact that, like, um, the first home arc was airing, uh, like, by the time that, like, my first episode aired, I was already, like, four episodes into recording, um, that other half of the campaign. So I was like, I'd already gotten a pretty good lead going, um... I have since seen feedback has been apparently very positive. I've I've it's been really nice this last week, like finally going, okay, what are people thinking about it? And apparently people have really liked my DMing, so I'm like, yay, I did okay. But I didn't know for the longest time what anyone thought, and that was a nice relief. Can I note um how dumb I am? <laughs> just in I, general uh, or <laughs> Yeah, like it is just take a note about it. I realized, so I created Saints and Sea, I was like, oh, what about a fun ADHD vampire? And I think I mentioned in, like, a spew punk episode, like, when I was thinking of her ADHD, I was thinking more specifically, like, uh, Joa's ADHD, which is very, like, outgoing and friendly. I'm, I'm like, a full-on introvert, kind of, generally outside of, like, podcasts and things like that. So I was like, oh, let me do that, and then let me, like, tell a story of, like, a vampire who... Uh, you know, constantly forgets things in a way like that I do just hyper exaggerated, like take my normal ass forgetting things and then amplify it like 200%. And then I realized like, shit, this is like halfway through the season. I was like, this isn't super relatable to most people. I don't think most people have like giant brain gaps the same way that I do. And I really worried if I had like 
made an enormous mistake. I was like, will anyone be able to understand this character's plight? Because it sounds nonsensical when I think about it to somebody who's like not constantly forgetting where everything is and who they've talked to and what's been going on for the past 10 years of their life. Now, it made perfect sense to me, but that's probably because I also have ADHD yeah. and therefore it just seemed like, yeah, that's just how people are, right? Saints and Sia is going to hopefully be super popular with the ADHD crowd. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes, you know, we're doing what's called genre fiction, right? It's like an, an adventure, uh, you know, tropes and stuff that uh, don't always jive with all the character archetypes. So, like, if you wanted to make a kind of depressive character who's more like you, Quinn, uh, like e one episode into every arc, <laughs> you would have retreated to your quarters and, like, gotten to bed and then <laughs> they wouldn't have seen yeah, you. Yeah, my character... Uh, my character has a poor role, so they pull their cover over their head and <laughs> refuse to communicate the rest of the night. Yeah, which I don't know if that's exactly what people want in, the, in a podcast. It's it's more honest, perhaps, but uh, yeah, it's hard to. Occasionally, they occasionally they shoot a fireball out. <laughs> yeah, so you, you can't always <laughs> make every uh, peg fit into every hole. But I think you did a pretty good job <laughs> getting across those ideas. I definitely, you know, the stuff with the memory definitely uh, came up uh, a bunch and we had some good discussions about it. It's hard to, like, you know, fully inhabit the mind space uh, there, but it was ambitious. I'll definitely say that, you know, you didn't show up and say, like, I am human, <laughs> a fighter. I do stab. That's what next season. That's who I'm playing. <laughs> hmm. I was th I was thinking I was thinking earlier today. Like, uh, when did I first think of Bill Webb? Because I've been this has been like a character I've been considering playing for a while, and I can't remember what the impetus for it was. Uh, to me, it's just two puns, uh -huh. uh, and, then, and, <laughs> and then and then I made something else out of it. But that but I can't remember the exact moment. But that's all that's all it was, and then it just became a character with feelings. Yeah, I mean, this is a long time coming. If anything, like, uh, there's a lot of pressure on me to deliver uh, for you mm. the, the the story Bill <laughs> Webb deserves. Um, but you oh, mentioned sure. this in like season two or three because for years people have been asking me, "Where's Bill Webb? Where's <laughs> Bill Webb?" <laughs> so, um, I, if anything, yeah. I, I'm really uh, happy with how he delivered. You know, it would have been devastating yeah. if I had failed you, but I think we did a pretty good job. Uh I thought it went well. I had uh, one uh, one more character that I was planning to do that I, I guess I won't now, uh, called Abrica Bastard, and uh, he is a, <laughs> he's a, a street uh, magician who really is just a thief. He doesn't have any magic, and he says like, uh, "Look into my hat," and then he just pulled up, pulls out an old timey gun. Uh, <laughs> I remember Abrica Bastard. I don't know if you ever said this on recording, but you definitely talked about this uh, in like mm -hmm. a possible season two idea. Because I think at first you were, you you wanted to play Ronaldo again, and then we we eventually found our way to Violet Skittles <laughs> Unicorn. But uh, mm -hmm. Abrica Bastard definitely came up at some point. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, feel feel free to use him as an NPC. Uh, <laughs> I there's, now you're saying a lot of I'm not going to return, but I know you're a wrestling fan. That's a business of never say never. So that, that, that's that's true. But uh, I I feel like this this season was my Shawn Michaels return. Oh shit, he came back another time for for the DX thing. Damn it, and that that one doesn't work. Well, whatever it is, this this really is it. I don't want to give anyone the impression that that I'm returning. But this was fun. Yeah, usually during the postmortems we tease next season, but who knows? Like the world could be so different by then. <laughs> who knows? If you want any teases, you should listen to the other show uh, we do, uh, Spew Punk, <laughs> where we often tease. When it gets closer, we'll probably drop some stuff about that. Um, but the only thing I was gonna say was a stupid idea I had, because. Uh, saint cecilia's name is a, a foo fighter song i just wanted to name a character after a foo fighter song uh and one of my original ideas was i was going to force just brutally crowbar force uh a foo fighters lyric into every episode <laughs> until i realized that was a really bad idea and i decided not to do it but i i, I like i like to think about the world where somebody's like cecilia can you come down here and i'm like i'm not your monkey wrench or whatever you really uh got your revenge though by uh having almost cecilia's death scene be like 10 15 minutes of uh the quotes from the regal cinemas advertisement <laughs> in a thing i hope uh really perplexes everyone <laughs>
<laughs> truly uh, spur of the moment thing. It was like just a stupid idea I had as I <laughs> was like on a drive with you somewhere. <laughs> I don't know how widespread this is. Laura, do you have any idea what we're talking about? I don't think I know what you're talking about. What did you say? Regent, so, Regent Cinemas? Do, do, you, do, you, do you know like the Nicole Kidman, like Heartbreak Feels Good in a place like this ad that they play before AMC movies? No, we don't have AMC <laughs> theaters here. Then, then there's absolutely no way that you know the, the worst version that a AMC competitor Regal has. Okay, yeah, no. no. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Le- per- per- no, we have, we, have, we have Odeon over here. Ooh. Wait, what is that? That's that's our cinema chain. Oh. Leon, do you know what we're talking about? The Regal Cinema's movie quotes advertisement? Uh, Regal Cinema? Oh, oh you mean like when you go in there and, and, the, and the quotes pop up and you try to figure out? Or do you mean something else? So right before a movie at Regal Cinemas plays, like after they've done the trailers and like the advertisement for Coke or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, they have like a Regal commercial uh and the regal one is like themed around great movie lines and it's just a bunch of like people trying to do a normal theater interaction but they use a bunch of famous quote-unquote movie quotes as they do it okay yeah no uh i go to amc so i guess i missed out on that uh <laughs> you get the nicole kidman one. Oh yeah it's you beautiful. with your silly american cinema chains we, we 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 over here have real cinemas like view odeon Everyman, Cine World. Whoa, that's the that's the real cinema chains. Whoa. Cine World? <laughs> yeah, Cine World. <laughs> it's a whole world of sin. I would love that. <laughs>